Hi guys, it's Ellis and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about reptiles. All right, guys, we're going to talk about reptiles today. We're going to talk about the orders, how many orders of reptiles there are, the different orders. Um, are reptiles cold-blooded, the fact if they are or not, and what does it mean to be cold-blooded, and when did they evolve? All of these questions and many more will be answered in this episode, so let's get right to it. All right. Just like mammals and birds, reptiles are vertebrates, and they have a backbone, just like us, because we are mammals. They first evolved about 340 million years ago and evolved from early amphibians. They differed from their slimy relatives in two ways. Uh, Many ways, but the most prominent ways are the ones I'm about to tell you. One, they developed a hard, scaly skin. If you see almost any reptile, oh, yeah, every reptile has, has a hard, scaly skin. And this advantage, this evolutionary advantage, prevents their skin from drying out like an amphibian does. Now, an example of an amphibian is a frog or a toad. But if they stay out of the water too long, an amphibian skin will dry up. Um, The second most prominent way that they differed from amphibians is they evolved an egg with a shell around it. Now, these are the first animals in the world to develop an egg with a shell around it. Amphibians, fish, invertebrates, they don't have eggs with shells around them. They do not. And the advantage of an egg with a shell around it gives the animal inside protection against the environment. Now, let's talk about when reptiles came about. Um, I said 340 million years ago and when they evolved, but we're going to talk about the diversification. So they diversified in the Mesozoic era, and the Mesozoic era is one of the eras that was full of dinosaurs. You know, dinosaurs were the top predators at that time, but dinosaurs are related to reptiles because they are reptiles, you know? So in a way... Reptiles were the most, you could say, dominant group of, you know, land animals on the planet at that time. Some of the other well-known extinct orders, because we know dinosaurs aren't around anymore, are the pterosaurs. These were the group of flying reptiles during the dinosaurs' um, time period, the Mesozoic. But pterosaurs were not dinosaurs. They were not. They were in a different group altogether. But let's not get sidetracked with that right now. Um, Let's talk about what happened after the Mesozoic era. So there were around 20 orders of reptiles in the Mesozoic era, but only four survived the mass extinction. And those four have made it to present day. And those are the four we're going to talk about later in the podcast. But for right now, let's talk about what a reptile is made of, literally. Scales and their purpose. So all reptiles have scales. Scales protect them from parasites, dehydration, and attacks from predators. Scales have many purposes, and they come in many shapes and sizes. Um, These pigments on the scales, when you see reptiles, some of them are colored in different colors. 
The reason is because of pigments. There are pigments below the scales and in between the scales that give each reptile, each reptile their colors, not just the species, but in fact, an individual. And some species use these colors for camouflage. Now, camouflage is a way that predators and prey can hide themselves from each other so they are not seen. And why would a predator want to do this? Well, let's start off with prey. A prey animal might want to do this because they are, you know, being preyed upon. They are the animal that will most likely get hunted. So they need protection. They need to be invisible in a way, to not be seen. Now, a predator might want to have this because, you know, if you want to hide from your prey so they can't see you when you attack, that is the perfect strategy. And it will work out. So that is why predators and prey use camouflage. And that is the purpose of camouflage. Now, scales also come... Scales also have another purpose. They have evolved for some species into crests, horns, and other features. And these crests and horns may, you know, help um, some reptiles prove their dominance over others. It may protect them. Let's say a snake wants to eat a lizard, but it's, if it's a spiky lizard, it can't eat it. It will injure itself in the process of trying to eat it. So that's what scales are for, and they have many different purposes, and that's just two of them I listed. But let's get into a reptile's skin, not necessarily the scales, but the skin. The skin is made of two layers, the epidermis and the dermis. The epidermis is the outer layer where the scales are present. So when you look at a reptile, you're looking at the epidermis. The dermis is underneath the epidermis and contains nerves, bloods, blood vessels, and cells. And these support the outer layer. These nourish the outer layer. That's what makes a reptile look so full, so to say. Um, and like I said before, um, these scales are influenced, the color of these scales are influenced by the pigments in between them and below them. Right. Now, what are reptile scales made of? They are made of the same material as our hair and fingernails. And that material is keratin. Keratin is that same material. So it's a very strong but flexible material. All reptiles shed their scales by shedding their outer skin. Now this allows them to grow and replaces their old skin. So some reptiles can constantly grow and shed and, you know, they'll keep growing throughout their entire lives because they'll keep shedding their skin, keep shedding their skin. Snakes shed their skin in one piece, but lizards, um, crocodiles, alligators, turtles, tortoises, all of those animals, all of those reptiles shed their skin in chunks and flakes. So not as a whole piece like a, a snake would. So a snake, if it sheds its skin, it's going to look almost like the snake, right? Because it is full. It's a whole. So it's going to look exactly like the animal it came from. Without the color, of course. Now, let's talk about if reptiles are cold-blooded or not. So reptiles cannot generate heat internally like we can. And they depend on 
the temperature and the weather outside to keep them alive. Humans, we are mammals, and birds can generate heat, and we do not depend on the weather or the temperature to keep us alive because, um, you know, we are more evolved than reptiles. We have evolved to have um, to regulate our internal temperature. We have been able to do this. So if the temperature of an area is below a reptile's preferred range, because every reptile has a different range. You know, the, the most northern reptiles in the northern areas of the world have a higher tolerance to cold weather than, you know, the ones in tropical rainforest areas. So every reptile's preferred range is different. Then if, but if it drops, if it is too low, they will slow down and they will try to raise their temperature by basking. Now, basking is um, there um, is a technique, a tactic that reptiles will use to um, warm themselves up. They'll flatten or angle their bodies um, f- to face the sun, and they'll press if it's available. They'll press a, a warm rock underneath on their body. They want to warm themselves as fast as possible. A reptile that's warm is a reptile that's fast. It can escape, it can hunt, it can do whatever. The sun is giving it energy. Now, um, the warmer their bodies are, the more efficient they are. A slower reptile is not an efficient reptile. At very low temperatures, however, their body will reduce itself completely. All the functions will reduce. Um, They won't be as active. You know, if reptile is trying to warm itself up, it will be a little more active than one that has, you know, almost given up in a way because it's the environment is too cold. What most reptiles may do is shelter, um, not necessarily for long periods of time like hibernation, but they will shelter until the cold weather has ended and warm weather comes back or, you know, the temperature increases. Species in hot, arid climates or tropical climates or any climate where it's really warm, they don't even have to shelter because they, you know, they have um, extreme weather. And usually that extreme weather is warm because they're in these tropical, arid climates, tropical or arid climates, and they don't need to. But sometimes they shelter for another reason, because it's too hot. Now, in the northern areas of the world, they're sheltering because it's too cold, but in other areas, they're sheltering because it's too hot. You don't want to burn up. You, you know, you're getting energy from the sun, but you still don't want to burn up, right? And um, they shelter, but they never need to bask. The ones in the warm temperatures never need to bask. All right. So now we know about the skin We know about scales. We know about um, the purpose of scales. We know when reptiles came about. And we know, um, um, we also know that reptiles were the dominant land animals during the Mesozoic. Okay, now let's continue. We're going to talk about eggs. Most reptiles lay eggs, but there are reptiles who have live births. Mammals have live births. 
You know, we stake the claim on that. If you watch the um, What is a Mammal episode, you're going to hear me say, mammals stake the claim on live births. This is true. Um, reptiles, some reptiles, some other animals as well, will have live births, but of their groups, most of them will have eggs or some other form of birth. Um, these eggs are hidden in burrows, decaying vegetation, and other similar places. Live bearing species, the species that give live births, will keep the eggs in their body until they hatch. All right, now let's talk about the different types of reptiles. There are four orders, not necessarily types, but orders. The first order we're going to talk about is the squamates. And the squamates are made of snakes, amphibians, and lizards. Now, you know what a snake is and you know what a lizard is, but an amphibian, I don't expect a lot of you to know, so I'm going to explain it to you. They're sometimes called worm lizards because of their worm-like appearance, because they do not have any legs. But they aren't worms or lizards, but they are related to lizards, and therefore they are in the same order. The next order is the crocodilians. Now, you can probably guess which reptiles are going to be in this category. Yep, crocodiles. But other reptiles are also in this category as well. Alligators, caimans, gharials, they all have the same basic body plan, and this body plan has changed little in the last 65 million years because they've been around since the time of the dinosaurs. They've been around here a long time. The next order has also been around here a long time. In fact, it's been here even longer than the crocodiles, crocodilians, but as well, crocodiles included. The next order is tortoises, turtles, and terrapins. They first appeared 200 million years ago. That makes 65 million years ago look like nothing. And just like the crocodilians, they have changed little from when they were side by side with the dinosaurs. That's right. The one feature that stands out when you're looking at a turtle or a terrapin or a tortoise is the shell. These reptiles are known for their shells. Now, a shell can have many purposes. It can, you know, camouf help camouflage themselves in leaf litter or other vegetation or even underwater. And it can protect them against predators. If a predator, let's say a fox or a wolf, tries to come and bite a turtle shell, it won't get through. They're that strong. Um, um, but this is not the only feature that turtles and tortoises are known for, as well as terrapins. They are also known for their beak, right? Turtles, tortoises, and terrapins. Wow, that's a lot to say. They do not have teeth. No teeth at all. And the way you can tell them apart um, is turtles are aquatic and tortoises are terrestrial. And terrapins are in the middle. So if you want to tell the difference you can look at their limbs. A turtle's limbs are flat and they help them glide through the marine habitats of the ocean. A tortoise's limbs are big and bulky and help them move around on land. An example of a turtle is a green sea turtle. I don't know if you, any of you are familiar with this species, but um, 
it is a very um, well-known turtle species. And a well-known tortoise species is the Galapagos tortoise. There are many different Galapagos tortoise species, but I'm just going to group them all by saying um, they are a well-known tortoise species. Um, and a terrapin, like I said, they're somewhere in the middle. They have limbs that can help them walk efficiently on land. Turtles don't have that, but tortoises do. But they can also swim very well through the water. Tortoises don't have that. Turtles do. So they have what both groups have, and they combine them together in a way. All right, the last order, because we went through three orders, the squamates, which was snakes, amphisbanians, and lizards, crocodile, crocodilians, which had crocodiles, alligators, gharials, caimans, and more, and then the, la the other order we just talked about, tortoises, turtles, and terrapins. All right, now let's get to the last order we're going to talk about today, and this will be the last topic for today, is the tuataras. Now, I don't know if many of you Many of you are, um, many of you know what this group is, but the Tuataras are a well-known group to a lot of, I would say, zoologists, but not not to a lot of other people. So these reptiles were a group of reptiles that were they flourished two hundred million years ago. So this is another old group. They were doing amazing two hundred million years ago, but after. I think a few mass extinctions, um, just like the crocodilians, however, that were flourishing, you know, and the t um, turtles, tortoises, and terrapins, they um, were flourishing, but, you know, a lot of the species went extinct. So there are, you know, many, many, many turtles, tortoises, terrapins, and crocodilians out there, but there are not a lot of tuataras. There are, I think, you know, hundreds of crocodilians. Uh, no, not crocodilians, sorry. Hundreds of turtles, tortoises, terrapins. And that's because, you know, they diversified in that time period. Um, crocodilians, there are not as many, you know. But there are hundreds of, well, well more than a hundred, I could, I could say. Yeah, hundreds of tortoises, uh, turtles, and terrapins. Okay. So, you know, there are many of those, and many of those lived on today. Some of them died off um, after many mass extinctions, but they're still around today. The ones that, you know, we see in the ocean, on land, turtles, tortoises, and terrapins, and crocodilians. They made it. But tuataras, there is only one species left. One species left of tutar. Now, not, this is not because humans wipe them out or something like that. No, they just were not doing well. And only one species made it to present day. Modern day, yeah. Um, and these reptiles are found on only two groups of small islands off the coast of New Zealand. So, you know, they were not doing well even before they started off. Uh, even before they, you know, made it to modern day. Because... Their group was flourishing 200 million years ago, but when it came to present day, after the many mass extinctions and the climate change over and over again and habitats and temperatures, they couldn't take it, and only one species made it. So it's very unfortunate, but, you know, that's just how evolution works. Evolution uh, creates species, 
And, you know, not all species make it. All right, that's it for today. Come back next week to see skit. Um, um, come back next week, right? And we're going to talk about slippery and slimy, riveting and warty creatures. All right, this is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Be sure to comment and subscribe. Thank you for listening.